Okay, we're here in the green room from Rated Oz Radio here in Brisbane, Australia. And I've got a very special guest with me tonight, Mr. Rick Zabo of Q Live Entertainment, who's a wonderful promoter and a combination of a tour manager, a musician himself, and I suppose an acting agent in, in a sense, or how would you Oh, you know, I've got many strings to the bow, Mary Lou. <laughs> um, but, yeah, acting, you know, I suppose we have booked actors before as well. So, yeah, we work with talent, but uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm oh. very, very pleased to have uh, have this time with you tonight. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. So, Rick, as a promoter, what I understand promoters do in their role in the music industry, typically some are hired as an independent contractor by music venues and artists, which earn an agreed fee or certain royalties like admissions on the door for food and drink sales. There might mm-hmm. be also... Royalty arrangements such as a minimum or maximum allowance for various expenses or any limitations there for what you can spend? Well, um, way for me to answer the question mm. is um, I'm an entertainment promoter. Okay. So entertainment has many different uh, wide and varied fields. Mm-hmm. Um, predominantly it's music. But certainly we've worked with um, children's acts to opera stars to stars of stage and screen all sorts of people, but being a promoter is about promoting the talent to the maximum potential. And if there's somebody out there with talent, well, then they engage my services, either they themselves, their management, their label, or their agents engage me to promote them because that's what I do, and they need to be promoted. Yes. And uh, it's a fine art form. Um, it, it has its moments, like everything uh, but it's it's uh, it's not even two days of the same. Two hours are not the same. Wow! So there you go. Very very busy. So you're more of an independent promoter. Um, yes, I am. Yes, yeah, so independent you... all the way, which is getting harder and harder these days. <laughs> I can assure you. So do you sort of work um, rent venues themselves for a fixed fee, or do you work under a revenue <clears throat> sharing an arrangement with the building owner or? Uh, it, it, it varies um, yeah. in the simplest way and form to put it to you is um, we work with all types of venues from little 100 to 200 seaters right up to 5,000 seaters mm-hmm. and bigger. Essentially, we define the right venue for the artist. That's what it's yeah. all about to begin with. And then, you know, we, we uh, can, can book enough venues, it becomes a tour. But if we talk about venue specific, it's effectively finding the right venue for that artist. There's, there's many times that <clears throat> I see and you will see in, in, in the general public that you'll see an artist playing at a venue and it all makes sense for that artist to play at that venue. For the Tivoli, for our argument's sake, in Brisbane, you see specific acts play the Tivoli because that's where people like to go and see those artists. Yes. And what we do is everything for them, um, every the venue, uh, negotiating all the ticketing, uh, then uh, doing the venue hire, all their backstage catering, mm-hmm. um, their riders, so to speak, then all their production requirements, mm-hmm. then all their logistics from flights, accommodation, ground transport to freight, all their fuel and tolls, wow. so um, absolutely everything associated that's on stage. Wow. That's what we do. Okay. So do you provide security or maybe 
Effectively, look, you know, in terms of security, we will um, work with the venue because the, the venue laws govern the security that you need these days. Yes, yeah. So we work yeah. with the venue and hire the appropriate security, but it's effectively we pay for it, yes. Yeah. So do you ever work with um, other promoters, like for a really big special event, per se? I haven't um, because I'm fairly specialised in what I do and... I wouldn't, um, there's no need to work with them. I've noticed in the past you did a big thing uh, with McManus Entertainment back in 2012. Would that be Rove McManus? McManus? Uh, no, that's a gentleman called Andrew McManus. Okay, and, Andrew um, McManus, yeah. Yep, he engaged my services because um, I'm based here in Queensland yes. and I know my state extremely well. Yes. And um, he works at a very, very high international level and um, it was an opportunity to bring Kiss yes. with uh, Motley Crue and Team Lizzie oh. for a regional date in Queensland. Yes. And um, he asked me to source and secure, so I basically managed it and like it was my own. Yeah. And uh, it ended up winning that year. It won the best regional event in Australia, actually, that year. So it went very, very well for everybody. Wow, that's fantastic! So how? Yeah, how were... so I even got a pat on the back from June and Paul, and uh, and got to meet Shannon Tweed, and got a pictures with them, and and got pictures with Vets uh, it, it was a really good thing, and um, it, it you know from a, a business level and a, and a professional level, we ticked all the boxes for him and made him very happy. Yes, and made the bands happy. But I think um, if I can tell you, just one of the real bonuses to do what we do is. There was a very um, tragic uh, murder that occurred in the Mackay region a year prior where a girl was killed, mm. uh, and they still hadn't found the murderer yet, to my understanding. Um, her name was Shandy, and Shandy, as people might know, was a, a huge uh, hit single for Kiss many years ago. Mm. And through the powers of our persuasion, we managed to, to uh, convey our thoughts to um, Kiss's publicity team. Yeah. in the right. States, and um, they saw it upon themselves to make special mention that of it on the night and actually performed the song acoustically with Gene Kinson and Paul Stanley, and oh. her parents were in the crowd. Oh, that's fantastic. So it was a momentous moment, and uh, it made, made you feel real good to be here. So. Yeah, wow. And it would have been such a healing, just uh, such a special thing for her memory and, and what's yeah, happened. Yeah, one of those things that yeah. you, the power that you possess is used for good things and, and, and it was just a hell of a thing to do. Yeah, wow. And that's why it only went to that one region because that was... Yeah, well, it was only it's such a big show that it could only sustain one regional show in Queensland and, uh, you know, he asked me where we should go and I, I told him we should go to Mackay and yeah. never look back. Yeah. Um, previously to that, we'd done Guns and Roses and Corn up in uh, Townsville. Wow. Um, that went well, but um, it's a lot further to go, and there was a lot more costs involved. Sure. We um, we achieved a much better result in Mackay um, that night. So you know, yeah. ticked all the boxes. Wow. Oh, that would have been amazing. I'm sure people would have travelled mm. there if they could have just for that. It event was a very alone. proud, proud moment. I also noticed recently, now you got the best of the Eagles tour. Are you using Colin Baxter from the Harbour Agency to, but I know Yeah, we've engaged the Harbour Agency. Um, they're our agent and all my shows uh, that we produce. So that's part of our business as well as we um, 
source talent and come up with concepts and ideas and then uh, source talent to uh, perform the music and the show that we've written and produce and uh, take them all over the country. Yeah, well, you're, you're going right through till August already. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, that would be fantastic and especially Yeah, we've you. got a few shows on the road. Yeah, moment. so especially <laughs> with uh, the recent passing of the wonderful Glenn Frey. From the Eagles. Yes, so. that was uh, that was quite a shock to the whole world, um, as with many others that we've seen mm-hmm. recently. But um, yes, we were actually already on sale and announced our tour before Glen Fry passed, which was yeah. really sad. Yes, very sad indeed. Well, I'm sure it'll draw a lot of people, and you know they were it's, such it's a going great over band. very well. Yes, yeah, they were such a fan. They still are. I hope they still continue. Absolutely, but I don't think we'll see them again now. Mm. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> One of my favorite. I don't think we'll ever see the Eagles again. So. Uh, oh, anyway, you never know. They might do a special thing to come back to keep us happy. You never know. <laughs> so, looking at the model of your business, so you're the director. So you Correct. also have, you know, your tour co- coordinator and your publicity marketing fellow. Now they're yep. part of your team. That's and correct. Then you have the administration side. Do so. Do you, for legal purposes, and you know all the laws, do you rely on the venues for that, or do you have certain um, music lawyers in place to? No, we have work? everything covered ourselves. We're fully registered with the um, Australian Performing Rights Association, and um, we have all the relevant um, insurances in place to cover everybody that work for us every year. So. Okay. And and that's the, yeah yeah so that's the artists the man but the management have their own or that's all just tied in. So oh. um, the artists have their own insurances these yep. days, um, and most of them should and public liabilities and so forth. So yep. but it's always I don't think you can have enough cover these days just in case anything goes wrong. Yes, that's true because there are always those freak things that happen. <laughs> Most definitely, as we've seen. Yes, yes. You also used to do live theatre productions, more for the music theatre, which was... Yeah, no, we dabbled in that a few years back. An opportunity came my way, and we were fortunate enough to um, submit an offer for Buddy the Buddy Holly story to Tour Australia in 2009, which would have been the 50th anniversary of his passing. Oh, right. And, um, yeah, no, that was a wonderful theatre tour. Um, In in the uh, early stages, we, we did... Eight shows a week all around uh, Sydney, Melbourne, uh, Adelaide and Brisbane. So it was a very, very um, solid tour um, that I got helped get off the ground and stayed for the first few months but then moved on. Okay, okay. So, so that, it was good. Very, yeah. very, uh, another thing that we learned. So very impressive. Yeah. Come, how do you structure your tours and events? So like are some recycled through the year? Does it just, do they just come in? Do you work with um, a certain group of people that need a bit more micromanagement or... So you... over the years you, you, you develop relationships with, with certain agents and managers and labels and, mm-hmm. and you tend to get a lot of work. I guess a uh, point to make here is I've never advertised once in my life. I don't have to advertise. Yes, I know. So my entire business is based on reputation and, and word of mouth Yes, and um, that's been a good thing. Mm, but, yeah. um, you know, in terms of the structure that we have in place is, is there for the reasons that it needs to be to promote a tour or an artist well. Yes. So it's all about selling tickets. It's yeah. just that simple. Mm. It's about selling tickets, nothing else. The business doesn't exist unless you're selling tickets. 
That's true. So I'm not a fan of pre-admission events. I never have been. It devalues the artist. Uh, usually probably does more service, disservice to the artist than service, and certainly um, doesn't do you any favours. But yeah. um, the model that we have, like I said, is in, in place for a reason, and um, as I said to you earlier, it's about marrying the artist up with the right venue. Yes. Now, in this beautiful country of ours, we only have certain number of venues. Mm. Um, specifically in Queensland, we have many less venues than other states. Yes. But, um, you know, so to get the right venue, you've got to book in advance. Mm. And so we find that we run things a minimum of six months in advance. Right. So, you know, hence we're in June now and, and you know, I'm already looking, I've already set up into 2017 already. Right. So. Yeah, so you are very busy all the time. Well, so we're busy all the time and um, there's never a dull moment, as I said, <laughs> but it is just constantly busy and, uh, as you know personally, trying to get me at times if it's not business-related is just nearly impossible. Yes, <laughs> so I'm very grateful yeah. for your time. So do you so you work in other states too? You, you set up tours in other venues <clears throat> in different states or just solely out of Correct. Queensland? Yep, we can deal with them in other states. You know, you go to a lot of people's websites and it says this is what we're about and they have the vision plan. But I was going to ask you what you said before, you know, obviously your it. reputation. and the list Pure of- reputation. And I'm glad you brought that up because mm. over the years a lot of people have said, oh, you know, you don't. I've only recently started a, a Facebook site which... Yes, Australia-wide, you know, Q-Live. Q-Live, Australia-wide is the Facebook. But to be yes. honest with you, and I predicted this, we've been going with that for six months now. It's not done one bit of difference to increase business to our team. Business is about selling tickets, I'll say it again. Yeah. But it, it, it's not had one remarkable effect on increasing our sales by any means. Now, um, I, I'm a big believer in social media um, yes. to be used for the right purposes, mm. but... Um, selling tickets and making people aware, it's all about one thing and that's a database. So you must have a person's name and you must have an email address so you can tell them what's coming. Yeah. That is gold. Yes. But Facebook is a peripheral supporter. Um, yeah. we've tied, we've, we've worked with two different national companies now that have got their finger on the pulse with social media and they both said it to us at the end. They've both gone and said, Rick, you were right. There is nothing. Essentially, Facebook makes people aware of things, but it doesn't make them buy a ticket. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's social. That's the issue. Well, it's not an issue. I'm just saying (laughs) people need to remember social media is social. Yes, that's right. It's not business particularly. (laughs) No, and, you know, if you can use it for business, fine. Some people make a business out of social media. Great, but it's still social. It doesn't directly... You can, you know, there's venues out there that have 10, 15,000 members on Facebook alone. Yeah. Um, people, what, put a thumbs up and say, yeah, I like that, or yeah, you know, that's great, or they might share it, but they're not buying a ticket. Yeah. When a database is hit and people get an email in their inbox addressed to them saying, Go Blogs is playing this venue for this much money and it's on sale Monday. All of a sudden, people are going, geez, I'd better get there and buy a ticket because I really want to see that act. Yes, exactly. And that's great marketing. Yeah, we've we've found that to be the case. But certainly, you know, but I find social media, I guess a good example is that if you you need to postpone that event 
a doors might open a bit later or um, the doors might close a bit earlier or the, the performance time changes, then I find that Facebook and social media actually works because it's an information thing. Yes, yeah. Especially when going, they can sort of get an answer if they go onto your page or whatever <clears throat> to get a, a query. Right. Of course, it can come onto phones for those people that are the coordinators or the host That's of it. the event. So do you have financial brokers or how does how does it work so that you actually, without getting too personal here? <laughs> no, that's right. It's, it's, uh, let me just say cash flow is our number one problem and it always is because okay. you've got to have money in advance to bankroll tools in terms yeah. of there's a lot of venue deposits to be paid. And then, you know, we have accounts with most of our marketing suppliers. But still, you know, if you're advertising an event that's uh, – six months away and, and you're advertising it only three months into after announcing the tour, you've still got to pay all those bills before you actually get paid. Yes. So cash flow is the number one issue as many businesses suffer and uh, mm. credit cards can be our best friend or worst enemy. Yes. So what do you think about the new lockdown laws that are coming in specifically? For <clears throat> you know, lockdown laws don't actually really apply to the music business. Um, okay. I don't think they do. Um you have quite big venues that work for, like for big events. Well, most of the venues that we work ones? for, it's yeah. uh, seven seven thirty PM or seven thirty doors, eight o'clock show. It's all over by ten ten thirty. Yeah, so that now really... if if we're working in a later venue like a, you know a, a club or pub in the suburbs, yeah. you know most of the artists are always finished now after eleven o'clock at night. Mm. So these lockdown laws don't have any effect on us at all, really. But, you know, I do feel for these venues that make their, their, their total income and trade from alcohol and foods, mm. specifically alcohol sales, because that's certainly in a different world these days than it was only 10 years ago, let alone 20 or 30 years ago when we were young. Mm. So can I just ask for yourself, do you ever have to, the artists that you have, because you have very big names listed on your website of all the artists mm. that you handle, I suppose that's maybe not the best word, but do you have quite a personal relationship with just some of them or? There's probably four or five of them that I had pretty good relationships with, meaning, you know, um, our job is to promote them, number one, look after them while they're here yeah. and look after them for anything they want in terms of, you know, if they want to go to see sightseeing or, you know, if one of them's sick or they want to go to the chemist or mm. we do everything we can for them. Yeah. And then uh, we, we shake their hands, give them a hug, and they hop back on the plane and go home. Now, yeah. generally, we don't hear from them again until the next tour, and then it goes around again. We look after them again, and all that. Sure. You know, I, I don't. In any business, I suppose, if you're dealing with a client, um, you just want to make sure the client's happy with the service you're providing, so they come back and use you again. Yeah. Hence, what right. we do. But but it's 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 not been hard for me to develop some relationship. With, you know, probably four or five artists that I've worked with now for probably most of them, you know, onwards of 10 years and on on from there that I've, I've worked with them and represented them here in Queensland. So you do get to know them. Yes. Um, you do get to, you know, talk about things and, 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 and you know, you, you find, everything, uh, you know, from their world has certainly been an advantage for me because I was a first and foremost a musician living on the road and making a living from it. Mm. Uh, all those years ago, so that so that certainly understand. you know put me in good stead. I think to be on their level, yes, um, yeah. and they you know appreciate and respect that from me. 
Um, but also they appreciate and respect the fact that I've been on that side of the fence, but I also know this side of the fence, where, where it's the side. So they're dealing with a musician. You know, the whole reason I started in this game was because I, I was working with my own artist, my own act, doing it around Australia, but I was sick of getting ripped off, so I did a better job myself. Yeah, and, and so you uh, started... They know that, yeah. and they feel that, and, you know, so, you know, I had one particular artist, you know, I'm, I'm not a name dropper, so yeah. I'm never going to uh, drop names, but sure. one particular artist recently went, hey, you know, you're looking really good these days, Rick, da, 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 da. and, you know, he said, what did you do? And I told him, did it? Oh, he said, if you try this, and before you know it, the guy's emailing me at night, sending me <laughs> his ideas and what to do, and I've just gone, never in a million years will I think that person would be doing this to me, yeah. for me, you yeah. know what I mean? So... They're human beings. At the of end course of the day. they are, yeah. And, and they've all had to spend their, their lives in, in, a, in a spotlight. And today, more than ever, mm. they're on they're on watch 24-7 with the social media that's yes, around. And if true. they uh, they look bad one day or they might be upset like the rest of us do with mm. our lives, but if, if they're upset or they don't treat, you know, they knock back an autograph, it's the end of the world and everyone's going to know about how, about how much of a, yeah. a, a bad person they are because they didn't give that person an autograph, you know? Yeah. that's So the, there's a lot of pressure on the artist these days and um, that's certainly we've been woven into our business too because, you know, we try and when they're working for us, it's very discreet. Nobody knows where they are. Mm, that's right, yeah. So, mm. And that, that's fair because they do want to have some privacy. I mean, they are, like you say, human beings. I mean, they put their pant legs... On you know one leg at a time, just like the rest of us, you know. For those, that's right. Yeah, or maybe they don't wear skirts sometimes, but at least they wear pants. Yeah, know. each to their own. I <laughs> say, no, ne- I never judge. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, so have you got any special events coming up, or that you? Oh, look, I guess you know it's interesting. That's an interesting question because uh, to me, it's it, it's never just been a job. No. Never. But you put things in context, this is what I do and this is what I do, you know, bloody seven days a week. But I might not think it's that special, but it's not certainly not belittling anybody that I'm working for. It's just that we work this all the time. So that um, what you and and the general public might think is is quite special. To me, it's just this is what I do. So have I got any special events coming up? Well, then my answer is everything you do is special. Yes, of course it would be. Yeah, and and I know you, so I know just how much you, you put your heart and advantage. soul. Yes, I have, and I'm very blessed to know you. So- uh, only over your listeners. I'm not asking for any praise, but anyway, we won't record that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. You know, I mean that, Rick. So I know, I know you do. I'm um, a good person. So, in the music industry, what would you like to see change or be brought back? Um. You know what? That's really good. It's not even being okay. Brought back, and what would I like to see change? They're almost two in the same, but they're not. Yes. You know, people are forever trying to ascertain why. You know, if, you know, I'm fifty, just over fifty now. So, you know, people in my age, oh, what happened to the good old days? Of this? What happened to the good old days of that? Well, quite simply. Uh, when we were in our teens or early 20s, there was no such thing as a mobile phone. There was no internet. There was no Facebook. Yes. Um, you know, you'd ring somebody in a landline. If you're driving in a car, nobody could phone you. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> if you're out for the day, you're out for the day and no one's going to get you till you get back. So, yes. you know, we had a tape deck in the car if we had a nice car. Yeah. So those sort of things need to be taken into context that you can't possibly relate uh, those times to today's times because the youth of today mm. have so many different options to do things with their spare time and their spare money Yes, that music has become, well, music to me is an essential part of daily life. I think that uh, you need music for every every emotion that you've got is yes. a song for you. Yes. And um, when you can't express that in words, that's that's right. And yeah. and music is you know, people that love music know that a certain song can touch you in a certain way. And what a special gift that is, mm-hmm. not only to receive but certainly create. So that's again why yes. we work with special artists. You know, yes. that have been able to create work and a body of work that taps into people on the masses and they can keep playing those songs as long as people are standing to listen to them. Mm. And I'm sure uh, that will And happen. that's why our demographic and our age group from that um, that wonderful time period, and we share the same as the people from the 70s and the 60s and even the late 50s, yes. um, that we're all part of a great movement. There's mm. no doubt that movement has changed. Yep. There's many different types and genres of music around now um, that uh, weren't there when we were younger. Yes, and right. uh, all the subgenres. <laughs> some of them, I you know, I don't class as music, but mm. certainly some people do. Yeah, I guess I saw a I saw a TV special or something on, on a special a documentary recently about. Um, and now this, actually, I think it was um, Joe Walsh from the Eagles. I saw something on okay. YouTube. And he just said, when we were younger, he said, you write an album, write a song, write an album, produce it, it goes into a record shop, people come and buy it, they take it home and they play it. That's right. That doesn't happen anymore. No, no. And I guess the other thing is too is now, how can you class music when a machine is making it for you? And Mm -hmm. there's actually machines making melody lines up yeah. And um, I just think we've lost, lost the, the lost the vibe on 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 what music was all about. People mm. say the, uh, the great sticker I've seen on cars: keep music manned, not canned. Mm. Now mm. you know drum machines were only ever invented uh, and and um, to keep track, to keep rhythm. Sorry, to keep mm. the pace going while people wrote a song over a drum track, yeah. so they could show the real drummer to go. Now put your real feel. Yeah. It seems that, you know, technology has advanced so much now that drummers are being replaced, bass players are being replaced. Mm. You can't replace a vocalist and, and you can't replace a really good guitar player. No. Um, but you can replace everybody else and I just think that's terrible. Yeah, it's a bit scary when you think about you it. You know, so uh, what would I like to see change? Mm. Um, more people going out and seeing live music. Yeah, exactly. It's We're only as good as the people... Seeing and buying the product. Yeah. Without us, so, you know, a couple of artists I work with always say, and it sounds a bit, a bit used and a bit jaded and dated now, but, you know, without you, we're nothing. But it's so true. It is. We have no industry unless people go out and buy a ticket to see a show. Mm. And, and More the thing is... they bought the album or they've listened to the song and they love the song, so therefore 
they were going by the album. And in my day, I guess I'm an obsessive music type person, but I would buy an album and a CD later on in life. I would spend, while the first few tracks are playing, I would be dissecting the liner notes on the album or the CD. No, I wanted to know everything. Mm, who yeah. played what on every song? Who did that backing vocal? Who was the mix? <laughs> who was the front of house? In, uh, sorry, who was the engineer? Who was the producer? Yeah. Where was it mastered? Uh, just obsessed by it all. Yeah. I, I do that with films and music. I like to actually watch, um, watch the I'm just the as bad with scenes. films these days. Yep. Thanks to uh, modern technology, we can keep pausing things and going, oh, that's who did that. Or that. Especially soundtracks on Mm. movies, I'm, I'm very obsessed with them. I didn't know they did that, or blah, blah, blah. And some great musicians from the 60s, 70s, or 80s are now writing soundtracks of movies. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It was funny, my son said to me the other day, We were. I went around to watch a film with him, and he knows I'm really not into all of the films he likes to watch. He's got a very broad sense of, you know, um, interests i suppose because he looks at it from a very overall point of view he likes great direction a great storyline effects different things and he doesn't like anybody really talking or reacting to things and he stopped the film we were watching jaws and the one fella just wanted to keep the beaches open when these people had clearly been killed by this great white yeah, I remember the movie well. I've seen it 50 times. Like <laughs> and I just thought, oh, guys like that just irk me. And so he stopped the movie and he said, listen, he said, you have to understand that this is a person playing a role. He said, you know, and he's drawing you in because that's the character he has to play. And he's, mm. he's engaged you in that. He said, movies today, everything is so fast. He said they skip over everything because they use a lot of special effects. But the old movies, he said they actually bring you slowly into the story. They develop the characters so you are already involved. So if some guy gets his head chopped off or he gets wounded in one of the newer films, you're like, oh, wow, that was disgusting or whatever. He said but when it's somebody you know because you've gotten to know that character, you're going, no, you can't do that. that that's a bad guy. You know, He can't yeah, do no, that I know you. that. I know that totally. And because yeah. the pace was very different, they knew how to build things up, and I think that's the same way with playing and creating music back in those eras. You know, everything was simpler. Yeah. The technology was different. It was just things just magically happened. You'd lay down a track and then something else would come out of that or you'd bring somebody else and collaborate and you'd make this incredible music or something new would be well, birthed out of something um, that I read the other day and it absolutely makes sense. It was a guy predicting the next 20 to 30 years of business and technology. He said, mm. anything that you do and invent or work with or create in the future, if it hasn't got an app or related to a smartphone, don't even bother. Wow. Yes, that's probably And I guess true. when you think about it, it's absolutely true because, I, you know, I have a mobile phone. Mm. Um, I had my emails connected to it for ages and I thought, wow, isn't this great, until it drove me terrifiedly insane. <laughs> and then I turned it, I went, no more emails to the phone. My staff looked at me and said, oh, boss, you cannot do that. You cannot. I said, watch me. <laughs> so yeah. I disconnected it and it's the be- one of the best things I've ever done. Yes. So my phone I use for phone calls. I, I, I will Google things and, and use the um, 
the uh, sat nav on it, you know, yeah. and all that, which is a wonderful tool. It's just amazing because, yeah. you know, uh, virtually now, um, you know, little uh, sat navs and, and tom-toms, they're almost a thing of the past now because it's all in your phone. Yeah. So um, the age of technology. It, 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 it goes to show you, you know, like a, you re- I, at times I truly do feel outdated. Mm. I truly feel outdated, but the music I love and I, where I'm from will never be outdated to me. No, and that, but that's uh, a And we, we come can... from an era yeah. that, you know, I'm 50 and I know people who are in their 60s and 70s who are mm. still actively going out and seeing music. Yes. My issue is will the people of teenage in the 20s that exist today who have a disposable attitude towards most things because that's what they've been brought up with. Mm. And that's why um, I don't know if they're going to have the same blessing that we have right now listening to those great songs Mm. uh, that we have from our youth in our older because they don't have them. Um, They have a bunch of throwaway singles or maybe some follow-up songs from some artists, but generally Mm. it's it's a fast-paced single world. Mm. Well, it's albums are becoming things of the past. Yes, yeah. Well, even some of the artists in the industry, because things are um, streamed, you know, now through iTunes or CD Baby. You know, a yeah. lot of these artists are thinking, well, Spotify. There's one yeah. I don't understand out about. Yeah, Spotify. My, actually, I, I must say this, and people must must get this. My daughter sat here. My twenty year old daughter sat here two nights ago. Dad, I'm going to get Spotify on your phone. And you can connect it through your Bluetooth and everything can be paid through the car and blah, blah, blah. So, oh, that's great. And she said, Spotify will give you every song, any song that you want, Spotify will have it. Mm. I went, everything. And she said, the lot. And it doesn't cost you anything. And I'm going, number one, I cringe when I hear that because <laughs> there we go, Somebody's songwriters losing. and performers are not getting royalties again. Yes, that's but right. the second mm. part of it was... I've got to, I've got to prove this thing wrong. And today I proved it wrong. I, I asked one of my staff to go, you got Spotify? They went, yeah. <laughs> I went, type in this song. Da, 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 da. Put it in there and went, ah, oh, Spotify has it. Anyway, but let's try YouTube. And I went, hang on a second. Spotify is supposed to give you every song you've ever recorded, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> not some of them. That, that's popular ones, boss, not what you want. Mm, I think and they I went, used well, to be... isn't that interesting? I said, because the, the song that I asked for was actually called Bad News by an actor called Moon Martin many years ago. And if people listen to that song, they go, I know that song. I heard that song. It was quite a popular song mm. in the late 70s, early 80s. A big song, actually. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, that's true. That You can't recreate all of history. <laughs> there no, are just some can't. things that are special and... That's why we have to keep some of those Wikipedia old vinyls. Wikipedia and Google having yeah. a fair crack at it, though, I must admit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I hope this has given yes. some people some insight into what we do and, and what it's all about. It's an absolute passion. Mm. Um, you know, it's a way of life and a passion. It, it, it doesn't pay that well, I can assure you. Everyone okay. thinks, you know, oh, music promoter. You know, you, on the left-hand side, you might have a win, but on the right, you'll have a loss. Yeah. That's how it goes. You win some, you lose some. It swings and roundabouts, straights and bends. Yeah, but um, Judy, I tell you what, I'd, I, you know, someone even said to me a few months ago, Rick, you, you, you're virtually unemployable if you ever wanted to go and do something else. And I went, gee, I never thought of that, but you know, maybe I might have to do that one day. I don't know, but 
you know, I certainly got a lot of knowledge in my head. I'm sure it'll be adaptable to something or somebody. Mm. Yes, absolutely. I just want to say to you that in our music history class, we played a lot of stuff from the 50s right through to now because we have to study how music was made, where the roots came from. Yeah. And a lot of the Good. kids knew some of the stuff we grew up with because their parents listened to it and they were brought up and that's what inspired them to become They're lucky. musicians. They are. They are. And you know what? And a lot I was of people... brought up the same way from a mum and dad that adored music. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was lucky to tap into music that came from the – 40s and the 50s because it was played to me. Yeah. You know, um, and I have a very solid love of that music, but a great understanding of it too, which which is really a good Yeah. So can you see yourself ever coming back to perform live? I'm desperate to, to be honest with you. Well, I think that's something you should do because I think... And it's something I really want to do, and I think you know, it's all pointing towards that now, to be honest with you, so... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I've got to do that. Yeah. So I, well, I, I want to do that. It's the whole reason I did this in the first place. Yeah. Well, you know, so, and it's um, always about coming back to the why you started because we can lose sight well, of the it's vision. Exactly right, Mary Lou, and, and yeah. you're very good at this, you know. And, and why did you do this in the first place when people ask me, oh, I was a musician? Oh, really? And that's how you got into it? And I go, yeah. And what, do you still play now? And I go, no, actually, I don't. And they look at me weird and go, why don't you? <laughs> yeah. And it's a bloody good point. It is. But, you know, not only that, Rick, with your background, your knowledge, because you have seen, you know, some people walk around with blinders, but you have seen all aspects of this music industry. You've dealt with yeah, them. I'm very blessed. You, you, you've got a network, I'm sure, of people that you can just ring up and call, probably internationally as well. So to bring live music back into it, with somebody like you as one of the forerunners putting on some great shows, live shows, I think that would benefit. What would you say to musicians wanting to make it as artists? What would you suggest to them, you know, good management? Stick to, stick to, um, stick to why you did it in the first place. Don't ever, ever um, change what you know is true to yourself. Yep. Stick to the path and stick together. Yes. If you stick together long enough, you will get it. Yeah. It's the ones there's, – there's probably some amazing music we've all missed out on because bands haven't been able to stick together financially or emotionally or for whatever reason. Yes, yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's um, – that's the thing to do and never, never waver from what you're about. It's, you know what? <laughs> the best thing, and it's a really good way to end this, I must admit, yeah. The best thing I can say is, you know, I have this conversation with young people all the time, my kids and everybody, right? So I went, you know what? When you're on the when when we were younger and we were on the radio, sorry, listening to the radio, mm. we would know who the artist is before the DJ told us at the end, yeah, because the artist was so distinctive. And every great act from that era, from the Stones, the Beatles, to Floyd, to yeah. Zeppelin, they all had a message to send. Yes. And they sent it in their music, and that's how their fans tapped into it. Yeah. That's why bands like Zeppelin and Floyd and stuff, their fans are diehard. Yeah. They will never leave them. That's fans. true. That's very That true. cannot be said by the majority of artists today because the pop acts, and I don't even want to mention their bloody names, some of them. Yeah. But 
they're taken by mainly you know young teenage girls, and believe me, by the time they're usually eighteen or nineteen or twenty, they've forgotten. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a very very important thing that I'm finding today is most of these artists that I'm listening to, whilst some of them are very good, mm. they don't have that core running through them of that that band is about this. This mm. is what this band stands for. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why they deliver the music that I love. That isn't around today. I, I can't see that much, sadly. Wow. Mm. And, I mean, you've and seen a lot. bloody sad. Yeah. It's bloody it sad. Because, um, and you know what, in actual fact, I don't truly believe that um, it's really their fault. It's just the way the world exists today and the way, the way of music and creativity, these bands aren't allowed to, you yes. know, when people are around, a band would have four or five albums, a body of work that was probably at least 15 to 20 hits. Yeah. Some that were, you know, lesser noted might have had five to ten hits. Mm. Now, if you look at the artists of today, they're lucky to have one to two or maybe three. Yeah, that's And, true. you know, there's only exceptional um, artists, you know, Beyonce and these others that speak for themselves, they are incredible talents, but, geez, they've got to fight hard for it too. Yeah. There's someone trying to knock them off. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it, whether you have the ability to write, understand music, to be able to deliver it and play different instruments, or if they have production companies that kind of develop them and mold uh, them. Yeah, you know. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Don't get into that. <laughs> Auto cue, yeah. Hey, yeah. don't worry about singing flat there, mate. We'll pick that up in the mix. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Yeah, what, what would happen if that was around when Bob Dylan was singing? Yeah, well, you what know. What are we going to do? Mick Jagger? Yeah. You know, and take nothing away from these great entertainers and great performers yeah. and great songwriters. Um, but, you know, what I heard it the other day, that I was listening to an interview with a girl called Lita Ford. Mm. Now, as a young Lita Ford was a hot blonde guitar player um, but she was actually in The Runaways with Joan Jett um, right. and Cherry Bomb and all that sort of yeah. thing. Leah Ford was one of the very first um, lead guitar players. Now one thing that she said was, do you realise that in The Voice and uh, American Idol and all these shows and X Factors and so forth, she said most of the great rock performers that we know today from history in the last 30 or 40 years, some living, some not, would not have even made it through the battle rounds or these things. Yeah. Mm, and she's wow. absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. She is 100% right. They would have got smashed. So it's not just about how you can sing. Mm. It's the songs you're writing. And as I said before, it's the message that you yeah. have that you can tap into your fans yeah, the psyche that of makes people. you stand out from the rest. Yeah. And you never waver because your fans will be the first people to go, that's not real, that's bullshit, so I don't, yeah. want, to, I don't want to turn it on. I rest my case when I say ACDC, and no bullshit yeah. rock and roll band from Australian pubs has taken on the world because they never wavered. Bass, drums, vocals. Uh, just never an amazing wavered. icon, yeah. I mean, you think Australian rock, rock and rock, you know, it's ACDC. That's the first thing that'll come up on people's lips. And how proud are we? Yeah. How lucky are we? You we know? are. And they get used to... I know to there's a lot of Europeans I know, a lot of Americans say they wish that ACDC was theirs, but they can't have them. Nope. They're ours. <laughs> we, you know, they were born 
the, the music and the, the the brand of ACDC was born here in Australia, even yeah. though a few of those guys are first-generation Australians like myself and like many other people. Mm. But that band was born out of playing Australian venues, pubs and clubs yep. and uh, cut their teeth on the market and that market was the toughest in the world. Yes. And if they smelt bullshit, they'd throw things at you. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're quite a – Australians know what they like because they're a spirited people. They're honest and they're truthful and, you know, they like to cut to the chase and they can feel it in their bones, in their blood. It's just a, a very organic, I suppose, earthy thing. It's a very, it's a place yep. that's understood harshness it's so and bloody oppression. Sad, isn't it? So it needs to come but back. Anyway, Mary Lou. pray for it. But, yes, thank you so much for I joining. Thank you for your time and, and your love and your, your appreciation of the music oh, because without sure. people like you, we're screwed. Well, I'd love to be able to share this, so thank you so much. In three words, Rick, how would you describe yourself as a promoter, tour manager, musician? Three words. Mm. Lucky. Yes. Passionate. Yeah. And true. <laughs> and true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. 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 I think you are. Yes. Thank you so much, Rick, for your time. It's always a pleasure. Very good to pleasure. And that was Rick Zabo from Q Live Entertainment here in Queensland. He's the biggest Queensland promoter and within Australia as well. I hope you enjoyed listening. He had some great advice for musicians and anybody interested as an events manager or a promoter. And... A lot of what Rick has done over the years, he started off as a musician in the mid-80s, but he then progressed as an agent because he just, you know, that's just the way he went. He certainly had a lot of insight to offer. And he's now looked after some of the biggest names. If you go to his website at qlive.com.au, you will see a list of at least 100 artists, big names like Jimmy Barnes, Diesel, Kate Sobrano, the Whitlams. He's handled all those people, not handled, but he's looked after them. That is certain. You know, he's just one of the best people we have. We're very blessed to have him in our industry, so we keep getting some of these great live acts. So please support Australian music. I hope you all enjoyed that, and make sure you drive safe tonight or you take care of yourselves, and we'll catch you next time on Rated Oz Radio, and please do join us again. Thanks very much. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.